0: DirecTV ha sido el número uno en satisfacción al cliente sobre el cable por 17 años seguidos. Pero aún así hay quienes les gusta el cable y también disfrutan que su pareja tenga dos pies izquierdos. ¡Oh! ¡Qué bien bailas! Ser bienvenidos por la chancla. Oh, te extrañé, mamá. Para todos los demás, está Direct TV. Para el número uno en satisfacción al cliente sobre el cable, cámbiate a Direct TV. Llama al 1-877-278-1288. Comparado con los otros proveedores del servicio de suscripción a TV por cable. Declaración basada en encuestas CSA 2001 al 2017 de clientes calificando el funcionamiento de su propio proveedor de servicio de TV. Columbus is growing. Here at the Dispatch, we wanted to take a step back and look at what all this growth means. This program looks for the future of Columbus and Central Ohio. This is what's next.
1: Hello and welcome. I'm Michelle Everhart, Digital News Editor at The Dispatch, and we are back with another installment of the C Bus Next podcast. For those of you who are new here, we are taking the next several months to explore the future of Columbus. Today we will be talking about the identity of the city. I'm here with reporter Jen Smola, and I need to read you the lead of her story. As someone who grew up in Columbus, this really rang true with me. Three people walk into a bar. They order drinks. They settle in. Soon, an argument develops about whose hometown is superior. Before long, a Pittsburgh native is up in arms mumbling something about steel and ketchup to a guy from Cincinnati who can't hear him because he's too busy shouting about a queen and some chili. Then they look it to you, the Columbus resident. Well, what do you have to say for yourself? You've got options. So Jen, tell us about some of those
2: options. Sure. Um, Talked with a lot of people for this story, and uh, there were a lot of things that came up. Um, First of all, that the city is growing. Uh, It was just named the 14th largest in the country recently. Um, It's obviously a capital city here in Ohio, uh, home to one of the largest universities in the country with Ohio State uh, and its powerhouse football team. It's a retail fashion center. Uh, It's got a good food and restaurant scene, craft beer scene. It's a test market. They're smart people. Uh, you do get the responses that it's kind of in the Midwest, maybe the middle of nowhere, a little bit of a farm kind of feel. Um, Cowtown came up once or twice. Um, but also it has a growing art scene. It's open. It's got a, um, it's LGBTQ friendly, um, quite a lot of immigrants here. So really a lot of responses that kind of cover a lot of different areas, um,
1: it's interesting that you say cow town because I I grew up here and I remember that's all I could think of Columbus was it's a cow town and I need to get out of here. And now I'm back and I can't imagine living anywhere else. So um, I definitely think we are, we are shedding that cow town image. What did you hear from city le- leaders? What, are, what did they want the identity of Columbus to be?
2: Yeah, uh, and... Part of it is they had they had heard that cowtown phrase before, which they cringe when you when you bring that up now. But um, a lot of their research in the past kind of indicated that they. People don't think of Columbus as bad necessarily. It's just a little bit vanilla, or nothing sticks out about it um, in previous research that they've done. And they've done some pretty extensive research more recently. And they say that when you kind of take all that research and boil it down, that what's left, the big things that stand out, is that the city is smart and open. It's smart in that there are a lot of there's a lot of business here. There's a lot of higher education institutions um, and a lot of smart people that live here, um, and a lot of opportunity. Uh, it's open and that there are a lot of opportunities um, to do what you want to do here, whether that's start a business or uh, raise a family. Um, like I mentioned before, it's it's we're gay-friendly. There are immigrants here. Um, so that kind of tackles that open component. Um, and then uh, fellow reporter Rick Ruan kind of talked with some other city leaders and, and kind of fed me some responses from them. And um, Mayor Andrew J. Ginther kind of said that kind of touched on the city's collaborative nature. Um, He said, sometimes we're described as the biggest small town in America because we're friendly, we're welcoming and accepting. Um, And former uh, Mayor Michael B. Coleman sort of had the same thing, similar things to say, um, that there's a sense of collaboration to sort of move the city forward here. So all of that kind of comes back, I guess, to that smart and open concept that they would tell you. Tell me why identity is so
1: important to a city.
2: Yeah, so I spoke with uh, Haley Boning and Barry Chandler. Um, they are co-founders of uh, brand strategy agency, Story Forge, in the short north. Uh, I talked with them a lot about this. Um, and they spoke more in terms of what is the city's purpose or vision, not so much identity, Um and that, identifying that can be so important because it can really drive decision-making. Um, it's that thing that you're sort of aiming for, and it might not be something that you hit today or tomorrow, but it's something that everyone kind of knows we're on the same page. Here's what we're working toward. Um, maybe it'll take us 50 years to get there, but this is, this is what we want to be, and it's who we are. Um, and kind of identifying that and putting that stake in the ground, they say, can be a little scary because... Um, you can alienate some people when you do that. Um, it's different when a business does it because a business knows they can't be everything to everyone. But a city, I think, often tries to, to please a lot of people and to make sure they're not leaving anyone out. So it's, it's a little different when you're talking in terms of a city.
1: Okay. Um, let's listen in a little bit of what they had to say about the brand and identity.
0: Well, what's more exciting to me or more interesting is this, this idea of a vision for a city. What is that thing that transcends... Uh, administrations, and that thing that uh, is, it could take us 50 years,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. but everything
1: we do now and then, we're going to get there, and even though I might not be in office in five years' time,
2: this is our thing,
1: and uh, everybody who gets elected buys into this. Uh, That, to me, is the more interesting proposition for a city to have a vision. We see businesses that are really, really strong, compelling brands and have really meaningful stories. Those visions and those stories transcend leadership. Yep. You know, CEOs come and CEOs go but that story and that brand, if it's compelling enough and it's and it's strong enough, will outlive different generations of leaders. Yeah. And that's what, you know, I think that's what's hard. It's very hard for a city. Cities and businesses are perhaps similar in this way. There are multiple constituencies. Mm-hmm. There are multiple leaders, right? There are multiple stakeholders. So how do you make decisions about where you're going to put your money? And, and how you're going to tell stories and what stories you're going to tell if you don't know, if you don't have a filter for your thinking to make those decisions. I think it's a very
2: scary thing for a city to put a state in the ground. You know, especially I mean, you, it, it, t- it takes real vision to put a state in the
1: ground because you have to see past election cycles and you have to see past... Yeah. Uh, those people that you're So
2: I spoke with a lot of people whose kind of job it is to, to bring people here to Columbus, um, whether they're recruiters trying to attract talent here to our city, um, just bring people here. Uh, and, and part of their job pretty much involves just selling the city to those people and convincing them that this is a place where they should come not only for a job, but to raise a family and to call it home. Um, and here's what Elizabeth uh, Baldock had to say. She's the chief human resources officer for Nationwide Children's Hospital, and she works to kind of bring the best people in pediatric health care here. Uh, here to Columbus?
1: I would say it's probably an incredibly open, inclusive, growing city that is understated, that should be incredibly
2: proud of what it's become
1: and what it's going to become.
2: And we also spoke with Marcy McDonald uh, at Nationwide Children. She is the director of employment services and uh, she also weighed in. I
1: don't know, I get really excited. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, have, I truly have no problem selling this city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I live in the short north, so what I see is really vibrant and energy and very positive. And I look at the growth and, you know, and I I, I just get a big grin on my face. But I think, you know, Columbus just has to continue to, see, I think if it tooted it, its horn more, mm-hmm. then you would get people to really sort of go, oh, think about it. Okay, so she says that Columbus doesn't toot its horn as much as it should. Why? Why
2: is that? Yeah, there there are a couple uh, lines of thinking here. Um, Amy Tillinghassett, experienced Columbus, had some thoughts on this, and and she kind of pointed out that maybe natives, people who have grown up here in Columbus, don't maybe see just how much the city has grown and changed. Maybe 20, 30, 50 years ago, they didn't have much to say about their city, um, so they didn't toot a horn because there was no horn to toot, I guess. Uh, but now there's lots to say, and and they've just gotten used to not saying it. Um, There's also this idea that there's really no chip on Columbus's shoulder. Um, You might look to other cities that um, have seen industry leave and and kind of leave the city wondering what's next and a lot of jobs lost, but that hasn't really happened here. Columbus has been a pretty resilient city. Um, There's never even been a a real population decline here. It's only ever been growing. so sometimes people really talk up their city almost as a defense, you know, they're being defensive of their city, whereas Columbus maybe hasn't had that um, big challenge that it's had to overcome or had to be defensive about. Um, so you, you might not hear people, you know, jump up to defend it or, or talk great things about it even though they feel them. Uh, Amy uh, experienced Columbus their the research shows that they're just not vocal champions of the city. That's really interesting that
1: it's it's maybe not made us less scrappy that we've had positive things happening here, that we've had job growth and, and, and growth and population that that makes us less
2: scrappy and, exactly. and wanting
1: to, to
2: the fact that it's found ways to always kind of reinvent itself or, or, mm-hmm. you know, continue to be successful in a lot of ways has made it. Yeah. It's so. almost a
1: detriment, right? It's kind of funny. That's weird. Yeah. Okay. What else did you hear from people about the identity of Columbus?
2: Yeah. Uh, lots, lots of feedback, just lots of, um, of man-on-the-street type uh, reporting on this just asking people Um, got a lot of different responses just that the city was vibrant it's progressive it's exciting there's a lot of commerce here it feels alive Um, it's an expanding city did hear, you know, always a little bit about maybe that passion surrounding Ohio State and the Buckeyes, but um, even that has kind of been flipped on its head in some ways. I spoke with uh, Pete McGinty, who's a senior associate VP of marketing at OSU, about how even Ohio State University now in recent years has started making a point in their recruitment efforts to pitch Columbus as part of a reason that students should come here, that yes, we're a a great big university and we have lots of reasons that you should come to school here, but also we're here in this great city and that's a plus for us. Um, So they've heard from students and alumni that the fact that OSU was located in Columbus was a point of distinction. So they're even working to kind of market that and capitalize on that. Um, So I thought that was interesting. Um, And just, you know, some people saying that it's underrated. I talked with some folks that that said uh, you'd think that Columbus would be spreading like wildfire that people would be all about it, but it's still kind of under the radar a little bit. Um, talked with another guy who lives in Athens who um, he said, if you had said to me 15 years ago that I would think Columbus is a hit place, really nice, and I would even consider living here, I would have said you're out of your mind. Um, that's a direct quote from him. So it, now he, lo- he loves it. He comes here a lot. Um, so just a, a lot of good things about the city.
1: I think those of us who live here are kind of used to seen the new york times and the washington post and all these other outside publications like listing columbus as like the place you wouldn't know right has x like a great food scene or a Mm -hmm. great retail scene or something like that so yeah i mean you you see that even outside of columbus yeah it's interesting
2: if you do a search of those kind of stories there there are a ton of them yeah columbus Um, is always mentioned in those oh yeah it's like kind of the new hit place and
1: yeah it's being listed a lot the place that you wouldn't think to visit exactly in fact, the Washington Post had a big um, spread on us. I think it was earlier this year about yeah. why you should go visit Columbus. Right.
2: It was. It was really cool. They yeah. highlighted a lot of stuff. I talked with the, the owners of the Book Loft actually um, in German Village just about how um, they've kind of gone from just being this cool little nifty bookstore to now they're listed on blogs and you know oh, don't miss bad. this if you come to Columbus. Mm-hmm. And um, so they've kind of experienced that uh, on a you know on one hand. So very good.
1: So, what what interested you the most about working on this story?
2: You know, it, it was just such a fun story to work on. It was a really neat assignment, just to be able to go out and talk with people about their city, um, what they love about it, what they don't love about it. Um, I obviously hit on a lot of a lot of things that people like about it. There were some people who were concerned with the pace that it was growing, or that you know we wouldn't be able to keep up with the projected population growth. But um, it was just really a fun thing to talk about people. People City um, and to hear it firsthand from them. Um, And tourism officials and business development officials will kind of tell you that the beauty of Columbus is that it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And of course, you kind of expect them to say that, but I really did feel like with a lot of the people I talked to, that really was reflected in their responses and that this is kind of a place where no matter what your dream is, you can go after it here, Um, whether it's business-related, career-related, family-related, lifestyle, all of those things. so a lot of people might not be getting, you know, bus tattooed on their forearm, but they're proud to be here. Um, and it was a reminder for me, too, of all the city has to offer, and I'm proud to call it my home, too. Very good. Thank you, Jen, so much for being here. Thank you. Um, next week, we are going to explore what's in store
1: for us uh, in transportation in the future with uh, Kimball Perry. And don't forget that to read all of our stories on the future of Columbus, you can go to cbusnext.com. Thanks so much.
0: DirecTV has been rated number one in customer satisfaction over cable for 17 years running, but some people still like cable. Just like some people like getting stepped on by their dance partner.
2: Uh, you got the moves.
0: A warm welcome from La Chancla. Ugh. Oh, I missed you too, Mom. Rubbing their eyes after chopping habaneros.
1: Oh, oh Spicy. I can see clearly now.
0: Or receiving a flying kick directly on the shin. Ah! ah, Thanks, I needed that. But for everyone else, there's DirecTV. For number one customer satisfaction over cable, switch to DirecTV. Call 1-877-278-1288. Compared to other major subscription TV cable providers, claim based on 2001 to 2017 ACSI surveys of customers rating their own TV providers' performance. New approved Direct TV customers only. Equipment lease required. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details.